Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 85 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Tim Spaulding to discuss the ending of The Dark Knight Rises. Calling Antarctica Traffic Control. Do you read me Antarctica? Over. Are you there Tim? I am here. Hello Tim. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you very much. And welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's been a while. And the last time you were on, uh, we were talking comic books and we were talking caped vigilantes with <laughs> with Spawn. So uh, yes. here we go again. Yeah. Yay. This one, this one's a step up from Spawn, though I think. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Although, although, did you hear they're making a they're making a new Spawn? Yeah, with um, is it Jamie Jamie Fox? Jamie Jamie Fox supposedly yeah. Todd McFarlane is directing it, and I think it's done by it, they're making it by from with Bloomhouse, which is the people who did Get Out, and they they make they make lower budget horror movies. So Todd McFarlane uh, is directing it. That's 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 what it says. The comic book artist and writer Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Hmm. Has he directed so, anything else? He's directed music videos. Oh, is he? So oh, this okay. will be his first feature, but I think most of the videos he's done have been animated. Right. So this is a, I mean, this is different in, in some ways and the same in others. So, uh, and and he knows the character and the. I was going to say that's his baby. I mean, if anybody knows it, it, it's him, isn't it? Oh well, good luck to him. Yeah. Yeah. So on the Skype um, episode and also other Neozaz podcasts, I know that you're uh, you grew up reading comic books mm-hmm. um how big a fan were you were you did you gravitate to more towards the dc heroes or did you prefer the marvels growing up when i was younger when the first batman movie came out that that was my i head first into comics mm-hmm. uh before that I, I i read comics but i uh, i read I read comics based on all the toys that I played with. I had like Transformers and GI Joe, and that side. So I didn't get into superhero comics till, till Batman came out, and then at that point I jumped in. But I was, I was initially, I was strictly, um, I was strictly DC mm-hmm. for for several years, and then I kind of gravitated over to Marvel. Um, but I feel, I kind of regret it at this time that I was, that I was really big into DC is when all of these huge store, these huge story arcs were happening in Marvel that, that they're making movies into now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I, why I wasn't experiencing all those Marvel stories as they were happening, like the Phoenix saga right. and, and the infinity gauntlet and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was more into Batman and then I realized, Oh my God, this the stuff over at Marvel is so much more um, intriguing and much more involved than what was happening at DC at the time. And then DC got in the game, and now they've they're they're doing these over overblown story arcs as well. Yeah, when I was growing up, when I was little, um, 
Um, I've read both, and I like the Marvel ones because they were grounded in reality, weren't they? It was more about, mm-hmm. you know, the characters and the backgrounds, and they were in clearly uh, recognisable places like New York. But, yeah. you know, I like the DCs because it was much more operatic, you know, that they were like interstellar problems you know you had aliens coming yeah. down and you had fictitious places like metropolis and gotham and all this so i like both i um, um i i don't think if you went back and talked to the, the 11 year old me i don't think i could make <laughs> a, a distinction between you know the two houses yeah i think the difference between marvel and dc to to put it to to, to make it as as uh um simple as possible the difference is DC has all. I think DC has always been about the superpowers. Mm. Yeah. And Marvel has always been about the human aspect of it. That's a very good way of putting it. Yes. Where yeah. it's, uh, yeah, like Superman. Superman's a man who flies, but over in DC is Spider-Man is a kid. Who has superpowers? Mm. Is, is 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 a high school high school kid dealing with his problems? Who just happens to have superpowers? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more character driven. The Marvel stories, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's off um, fighting crime, and then he's um, agonizing over Aunt May or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Um, before we get into the sequence today, I thought. Um, as we're talking Batman, might be an idea to compare and contrast our favorite actors that have played Batman. Mm. Um, and we were talking about this just before recording. And we decided, didn't we? Because I thought we would avoid the two um, serials of the 1940s because that was <laughs> yeah. very much embryonic um, um, Batman stories. But uh, we narrowed it down. We figured out there's there's seven on our list, isn't there? Seven. Yep. All right. So do you want to go first? Do you want to tell me what your number seven is, please? My number seven is Val Kilmer. Um, and I know some people really like Val Kilmer as Batman, but I just think he was a terrible Batman, and I thought he was a terrible Bruce Wayne, and and in a terrible <laughs> in a terrible movie. Uh, so I I, I got to put him at 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 in last place. See, this is the thing. What we've got to do is we've got to focus on the actor whether the film was terrible or not yeah. you know and yes that was a terrible movie um and but if even if you take him out of that and was to put him in, i don't know into batman returns i'm giving him seven as well because yeah he is terrible he's he, he he's not batman to me and he's an even worse bruce wayne bruce wayne yeah. does not have a blow wave bruce wayne does <laughs> not have blonde highlights and he's just so insufferably smug throughout it yeah i mean i'm glad my wife's not here because she's a big val kilmer <laughs> fan well until he you know grew um but um oh no awful awful yeah and i, I do i actually i i met val kilmer uh, like 12 13 years ago and i got him to sign a, a photo of it just because it's batman i think i thought that was a pretty cool pretty cool thing uh, but uh, but he is if if of all of the of all of the modern age Batman he he is my least favorite. All right, okay. What's your number six? Uh, George Clooney. Okay. And um, uh, the thing with Clooney is he's a terrible Batman, but he's a fantastic Bruce Wayne. Uh, he he really to me he I, I I think I think he does a he did did a good job as Bruce Wayne. His problem 
his the, the problem for him was when he went to Batman, he kept the same Bruce Wayne voice. So it was like, "Hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. Hi, I'm Batman." Mm-hmm. Nothing changed. There was there was there was nothing there. So if you if you know Bruce Wayne obviously has a lot of interactions with you know uh, let's say Harvey Dent and um, Commissioner uh, Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, all he has to do is walk in as Batman and say, "Hey, what's where's the Joker?" And they're like, "Bruce." Yeah, yeah. He could he, he could come into the office and start speaking, and the other ones got their back to him, and it'll be like, "Oh, that's Bruce right Wayne in the office." You know? <laughs> they turn on, wait, that's Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like they've never spoken to Bruce Wayne on the phone, or they've always had eye contact with him. It's it's weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but uh, and and yeah, and again judging that movie well i like it better than some batman movies it's still not not a great movie but it's that was honestly that i I, the 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 faults of that movie were not Clooney. right uh i know i know he he kind of takes it upon himself to be yeah he rings he he ruined the franchise didn't he yeah he that that he, he he says that but it it wasn't it wasn't his fault it was there were a lot of other people that had a lot more uh, fingers in that pot to, to ruin that one than 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 what he could ever choose. Yeah, that they could ever dream of doing. You could pick any of the other of these magnificent seven actors and put them in that film, and they would suffer. You know, yeah. no, no, nobody mm-hmm. is going to save it. Nobody's going to save it. All right, that's your number six. My number six is actually Christian Bale. Hey. Okay. Um, and even though I like the. Uh, Christopher Nolan Batman films my main problem with it and it is shocking that Batman for me is the weakest thing in Mm. his films I don't buy for one second that Christian Bale is Bruce Wayne I don't buy for one second that he's Batman I think his bat suit is horribly horribly over designed I can't stand the three cows that they used over the three films he there's He's got this bulbous black blob on his head. He looks like a black light bulb. <laughs> okay. And and the worst thing about him, the absolute worst, is that ridiculous voice. I know he's got to re- I know he's got to disguise his voice, but we're going to be talking about people on this list that can do it better. It's awful. Absolutely awful. <laughs> Sorry about this folks if you're a Christian Bale fan, but I can't stand him in the film. I like the films all the while Batman's not in it. And that's terrible for a Batman film, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can talk about this more when you reach him on the list, okay? Yeah. All right. So, well, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. I was going to say, who's your number five? My number five actually is Christian Bale. Okay. Um, Here we go. And then. I, I don't, I, I don't dislike him as much as, as, as uh, well, as, as, as you, <laughs> or. <laughs> Uh, or, or other people, I uh, I think I think he makes a fine Bruce Wayne in the first two movies. Um, the first two, I don't mind the costumes as much. The first one, the the the, the headpiece is a little weird. Um, in the second one, uh, they they improve it a little bit. The third the third one, he does look bizarre in the third one. His face is uh, pushed down in that cow. He, yeah. He's sort of like squishing out. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, out the he, cow. It's really strange. It's a, it is a, it is a weird, it is a weird look, and I don't think that was intentional, but um, I didn't mind the voice, like especially when in, in the first one was like, you know, pray to me. There's, there's, there's something very menacing. If, I, if, if some guy dressed in a suit had me upside down screaming at me that way, 
I would, I would, I would be, I would be pissing my pants. Mm. Um, so there, there's, 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 there's good and bad choices that he did. Uh, some of the stuff I think helped him, but I think most of the, most of my opinion, most of my negative opinion does come from the third one mm. in terms of, in terms of how they, how they used him and how, how he portrayed the character mm. in the third one. Not so much the first two, but the third one kind of, that knocked him down a few pegs. I, I, I think a lot of the problem I've got with him is it's just me. There's something about Christian Bale. I uh, loved Empire of the Sun, okay? Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I just think of him in, in Empire of the Sun. No matter what film he's in, he's, to me, that little kid in Empire <laughs> of the Sun. At least he's not Newsies. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big Christian Bale fan. I, um, I, I... I even if I don't necessarily like the movie that he's in, I usually think he's a good. I usually think he does a great job in it, especially the more serious stuff he's been doing recently. Hmm. Like he did this, he did this movie, and I, I for the life of me can't remember what it was called. It came out uh, maybe January or February, um, where he played a uh, a guy during the Indian Wars here in the United States. He has to transport an Indian family from point A to point B, mm. and uh, he, he he just plays a, a soldier, and and there's soldiers in there that were Civil War era, and they talk about you know you know their Civil War stories. But he did such a good job, and there's a and there's a shot at the end, and again it wasn't him. I wish I could remember the name of the movie. Dang it! Um, there's a shot at the end where he's leaving, and he's and there's a train pulling away, and Christian Bale sort of quietly steps on the train and goes in the back door. And it's the last shot as the train is, is rolling away from you. And I know that that's, that's not much of an acting thing, but there was something about that shot. I think it's more of a director thing where I was like, damn, that's a good shot. Mm. And damn, he, he fitted that shot perfectly. You, um, say, you saying that there, you reminded me of a film that I, I, I enjoyed him in, which is the remake of 310 to Yuma. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. again ends with a train, but it, it's him dying at the end. I don't mind him as an actor. I just think he's miscast in, in these films. That's, that, that's my problem with him. He, uh, uh, yeah, uh, more, more so the first, the third one. I don't know, but you, but you couldn't, uh, you know, the, it was, it, the, the, the second one was such a, such a, such a tough one to, uh, uh to follow that, especially because they, they had, um, they had a plan in set to, to bring the Joker back in the third one. Mm. And with the situations as they were, you know, they couldn't, uh, no, they did they it out do that. Uh, respect for Heath Ledger. Wasn't it? That they never, yeah, did. they, they were, he was, he, Heath Ledger was supposed to come back and he was supposed to have a significant role in the third one. And when, you know, the, uh, everything that happened, unfortunately they had to, they had to redo it. Um, so, mm. um, but, but again, it's, he, he, Christian Bell made some weird, some weird choices in, in the third one, and also the the script went went in some wacky ways. Hostiles is the name of that movie. Ah, uh, right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, my number five is Ben Affleck. Okay, not so much for Batman versus Superman, but uh, Justice League. He's on his way to becoming a good Batman. You know, I buy him mm-hmm. as Bruce Wayne, and yeah, he he he's got the. Uh, he, I think he's got Batman down quite well um yeah i just wish in these new incarnations of batman with affleck that they had wayne manor you know i I would like to have seen in justice league if you saw more of the Batcave and you had you know the big penny 
or the yeah. uh, the T-Rex, you know, um, or the big Joker playing card. I like the way DC are moving back towards the comic books, away yeah. from the gritty, gritty, grittiness of it. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I'm not sure what their backstory was because for for Batman in this one, because they haven't really gone into that. They, they obviously he has a history. He's, he's a guy in his. He's I mean, in his I would 40s, think, isn't he? He's been he's doing his, it for twenty years. Yeah, so they 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 have a they have a they they have a character with this long history that we don't know what that Batman's history is. Yeah, did you hear um, this week about Zack Snyder? He said this week that uh, you know in uh, Batman vs Superman you've got Robin's costume in a in a glass case. With, yeah. I think the Joker's name scrawled across it. He he's confirmed that that's actually uh, that was the Dick Grayson Robin. It, Dick Grayson okay. is dead in this new DC uh, universe. So and and they yeah and they they even though they didn't explicitly state that like by both say oh Dick Grayson mm. you know oh 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 Gorick you know um, <laughs> so it, it was uh, but yeah I, I when when you saw that in the trailer and when you saw that in the movie you're like oh yeah. No, I, I I like it. I mean, this is this is what I don't like about um, the Batman films up until now is every time you've got to show a bit more of his origin. Every time yeah. you're right at the very beginning. I like the fact with this new Batman that we are 20 years into it. There's 20 years of stories that they haven't you know covered, and it's a bit like the Dark Knight Returns. You've got a a worn out, washed out Batman in Ben Affleck, yeah. and that's what I like about him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have my opinions on Affleck. I'll, uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll speak of him when I, when we get there. All right, shall we move one more up the ladder to number four? What's your number, number four? four? I'm gonna go Adam West. Um, and I, I, Adam West was my first Batman, uh, other than the Super Friends Batman, but, uh, but Adam West was my first Batman. I've, I think I've seen every episode of of the Batman series. I love Adam West. I love him as an actor. I love him as Batman. Um, he was definitely the perfect cast for that type of Batman, mm-hmm. the campy Batman. But he played it. He played it kind of like Leslie Nielsen plays uh, in Police Squad and The Naked Gun, where they give him a script. He knows it has to be funny, but he has to play it straight. Mm. Most of the time, you know, there's something where he has to do the the, the Batusi and you know th- <laughs> things like that. But most of the time, but even then, he, he kind of plays it straight. He, he's he, he sort of plays it like uh, you know Dragnet. Um, but it's uh, but he and he's he's great in it. And and but you know in the in, your Batman does need to be a little darker. There does need to be a little more uh, gravitas to what he's doing. You know, he he can't always have shark repellent. No, uh, and he does know how to, and he, and he can get rid of a bomb whenever he needs to get rid of one. Um, so, uh, but but sorry, I Jim. but but I'm sorry, but West uh, West, I think he's a, he's a great Batman for that setting. But as we we've since evolved past that, and I think yeah. we've we've gotten better Batmans in terms of actual storytelling rather than yeah. um, situational humor. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what what you're saying there, I mean, this is the mid-60s. It's the pop culture explosion. Yeah. And, you know, the comics, 
they they when they realized the batman tv show was such a hit they 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 went the campy route as well in the yeah. comics so if you read the comic you can hear adam west saying all these lines that that is adam west in the comics yeah. and they were running side by side the tv show and the comics were the same entity it was just a different way that you experienced it wasn't it yeah and for me I, and i i'm uh, i met adam west he was oh, you he was a, he was he was a frequent frequent guest on the on the circuits here. Did he get over to the UK to, to the collector no, shows? No, I don't think there? he did. I would love to have meet, met uh, him. I would love the, to have. The great thing about him is me and my friend Steve, we went to this convention here near Philadelphia, and uh, and he was there, and Frank Gorshin was there, oh. and uh, Burt Ward were there. Those three oh, were there. You scumbag. <laughs> and uh and i met uh, burt, burt ward burt ward was a jerk uh yeah. just i'll just we'll just forget about him um adam west at first he had this line that was a million people long and then later on the day he had zero line hmm. so me and my friend steve went up and i got a uh it was got a it was an eight by ten of the batman movie poster mm-hmm. and we talked with him for a good 20 minutes that had nothing to do with Batman. We <laughs> what talked was it we about. Talk, we talked about all sorts of all sorts of stuff. One of the things I remember talking about, he's he did this campy uh, uh, parody of a uh, hospital soap opera that was on a comedy channel here. And and uh, I, I and again I can't remember the 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 name of the show. It wasn't on very long, but I just remember this one episode where they brought in a pig boy. And he had to do, and you never saw the pig boy. And he had to do this monologue to this pig boy, and he did it perfectly. And and he he would talk about, and we talked a lot about that show, uh, about his roles on that, and some of the some of the other things that he had done. Uh, but we didn't talk much about Batman, oh, yeah. even though I was getting a Batman picture signed. I think, and I think he was, I think he found it refreshing that yeah. people weren't just asking Batman questions. So he got really engaged. And that's the only time I ever had any real interaction with him. At other conventions, I would see him. We'd be waiting in line, and he'd be walking by, and he'd be like, Hello, boys. And be like, <laughs> So, it, you know, it, it, it really was something else. And then when, when he passed away, I, 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 he was one of those actors that when he passed away, I kind of, even though he would never remember the conversation I had with him, and he wouldn't, if he saw me, he, he wouldn't know me from the next guy. But I felt like I had a, I had a genuine interaction with mm. him. No, that's cool. Uh, that is very, and, very cool. And and yeah, he's he's, he's something he's something that uh, that I uh, that, that 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 that's a memory that I always have. Frank Gorshin, on the other hand, was wacky, and uh, he was he was all over the place. So I, we didn't I didn't have a conversation with him, but I wish I had known more about him at that time. Right. Because to me back then, he was oh, that's the guy that played the Riddler. No, there's uh, a more, more to him than that, isn't there? Yeah, and uh, like he was on he was on the first Ed, he was on the Ed Sullivan show where the Beatles made their debut. Um, and so I would have loved to have asked about that. He used to do these great impressions. Like he does this great impression of Alec Guinness, uh, which I love. If you ever you can find you can find these on YouTube if you just type in you know Frank Gorsh and Alec Guinness. He does he does these great impressions and uh, and I would have if I was I was probably like twenty twenty one so that sort of stuff was. You know, I wasn't as interested as I am now. But as you get uh, older, yeah, yeah, you start to you start to get interested in in more things, yeah, uh, it, rather than just what's around you at that time. You you start to you start to uh, 
stop stop thinking about what makes you comfortable and start paying attention to to what to the world around you and whether it makes you comfortable or not that's what happens when you get a little older yeah, you yeah. start to you start to find your place in it right. and uh and I, I wish I, I wish I had found I wish I wish I knew more about Frank Gorsuch at the time because he passed away uh, a couple of years after that, but I'd never seen him again at another mm. convention. Okay, okay. And, All right, my number four was your number six, and that's yeah. George Clooney. Okay, uh, <clears throat> like you said, he's an excellent Bruce Wayne, and even though you know the Batman and Robin film is just a steaming turd, that scene when he's with Michael Goff as Alfred. Um, talking uh, uh, and it's just a little conversation they didn't need to have it in there I thought I thought that he was brilliant he, he it really came across his friendship and loyalty to this yeah. Alfred who's, who's looked after him since he was a boy I, th- I thought he was excellent he looks the part of a millionaire you know he, yeah. he hasn't got the smugness and the swagger of uh, Val Kilmer and yeah the, the Batman suit was dire and <laughs> yeah you could have disguised the voice a bit but I didn't mind him as in Batman. Yeah, it was a terrible film, but I didn't mind him. That what I would like to have seen, and I think I mentioned this to Chris once on on an old episode, is if you had got George Clooney, the Gordon Gecko from from Dust Till Dawn, uh, and have him as Bruce Wayne and Batman, that would have been stunning. I think. Mm-hmm. You know. Clooney is just such a likable guy. Uh, he's he's just got that charisma that when just about anything he's in, you know, you may not like the movie, uh, but you like you you like him. Yeah, he he's old school Hollywood star, isn't he? Yeah, he's got magnetism. Yeah. There's yeah, there's just something about him. As soon as he's on screen, you're like, you're drawn to that guy. You're like, ooh, you know, he could he could be a background guy. He could he could be he could be like one of Biff Tannen's. Uh, uh, minions in, in Back to the Future, and you would still like look at that guy and say, "Ooh, look at that guy!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, drawn b- to like him Billy Zane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, see, in From Dust Till Dawn, you know, when he's talking, you know, at the beginning to the uh, the hostage that they've got, he is yeah. charming. You know, when he's talking to Ju- Juliet Lewis, you know, he can be charming, and that's that's his Bruce Wayne. But then he's got this. This dark side that you see, you know, when he's up against threats and stuff, where he switches. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you need to be a really good Batman, that you can have these two sides, you know? Yeah, you, you really have to play two. You have to play two, two characters, and, uh, they're, and, and, your, and their motivations are different. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's four. What's your number three? Michael Keaton. Okay. Uh, again, I, 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 I like Michael Keaton was my, that, that's the guy that got me real in big into comics watching that movie. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to go buy some Batman comics. And then, and then, you know, I never looked back. Um, that movie was, was, is a formative movie for me. And Keaton was, was great in it. Uh, again, he, he played, he played the Batman and the Bruce Wayne's separately. Um, I, I I liked I liked aspects of of how the character was portrayed. There was a certain times where you know, especially nowadays in the in the Christian Bale one, you know when the Joker's talking, Christian Bale would immediately have to respond. Mm. Whereas in the Michael Keaton one, 
the Joker's talking, and Batman just stands there. Yeah, and doesn't say anything. Yeah, and just sort of has this has this sort of half smile, and that that says that says a lot. Or, or I should say, uh, uh, he wasn't the Joker yet, but Nicholson before he fell into the thing. Yeah, yeah that whole scene where he, he's not saying anything, and it's great. It's 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 chilling, and you know, if you were if you were someone who's a villain and you're saying all this stuff and no, and you're not, you're, you're not getting any response. It's frustrating mm. and you can kind of feel that. And, and I, and I sort of like that about uh, the, the, the Michael Keaton Batman where he would, he could scare you. He could, he could beat you up, but he could also like emotionally frustrate you. Like, come on, say something. You yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. 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 But it's all working, isn't it? He's, he, he, yeah. yeah. He's getting a response out of you. Yeah. No, 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 that's no, no that's well put. Yeah. And he's and he's and he's a good Bruce Wayne. Uh, I, like I love the, I love the, uh, the scenes. Not, not I don't not so much the ro- the romance the the interactions with him and Kim Basinger. Mm. Not so much, but like like when they're when Kim Basinger and 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 Knox are in the they're they're looking at his uh, armor collection and and he comes up behind him and he goes I got that in Japan. You know, just very yeah, matter yeah. of factly when when they're questioning him as where you know queen king of the wicker people. Yeah. Uh, when he's <laughs> just that 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 scene, that scene alone, I, I really like, and I, and I did I do like I do like him. You know, in the party scenes, and you can see him put do some of his like light comedy work to yeah. at play there as well. Absolutely. I mean, in that first film, he he does come across as a um, eccentric billionaire, doesn't he? You know, walking around yeah. with his hands in his pockets, you know, and uh, not having much in the way of uh, social graces. But yeah. it's all an act. It's totally an act that he's putting on. And 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 then you you see you see him in the second one, uh, which when I was a kid, I really didn't like the second one. I I I, I really loved the first one, and then I saw the second one, and I was like. That one was terrible. But as I've gotten older, I've started watching that and thinking, you know what? That one was actually pretty brilliant. Yeah, no, it's my favorite of his films. You know, I, yeah. I, I much prefer Batman Returns over Batman. Definitely. Okay. All right. My, my, uh, where are we? Number three, aren't we? Yes, number three. Um, it's Kevin Conroy, uh, the animated Batman. Yay. I think if that was a live action show, uh, or a live action film, I think he would be even higher. I think Kevin Conroy has absolutely nailed it. His performance as Bruce Wayne, this lightweight, you know, um, slightly, you know, uh, carefree persona. Um, and then he can instantly switch to, to Batman. And he mm-hmm. is the one out of all of them, I think, that he's got the voice down to Pat. You know, he's got this yeah. quite lightweight voice for Bruce and instantly just drops it a bit. He doesn't have to put any silly little excuse me silly little growl on it like christian bale he just drops his voice and it works for me yeah um yeah conroy i mean just the 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 longevity of his uh uh of his career as batman is is pretty amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, you know they they've he's been doing this now for 26 or 27 years Mm. as 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 our go-to batman now there have been other batmans with his animated movies and not always been Kevin Conroy, but he, he's when I think, I think when a lot of people between the ages of, uh, we'll say, we'll say 35 and 55 and that, that 20 year swing, when you say Batman or the voice of Batman, they immediately think Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it and it, it works in the first couple well, i think it's three seasons there was of batman the animated C- series he was brilliant and then when they started doing the justice league uh, yeah. cartoon he was brilliant in that as well even though the designs had changed and they made him much more streamlined and in keeping with the dc universe mm-hmm. he was brilliant in that there, there was one that i always remember which is effectively him and wonder woman going on a date you know yeah. <laughs> and that was brilliant and there was one where he had to sing to save i, I can't zatanna or someone like that he had to sing in front of a nightclub of gangsters and that uh. was that was Kevin Conroy. He actually sang that song. I think it's called Am I Blue or something like that. And uh, absolutely brilliant. I think he is the most authentic Batman that we've ever seen. It's just a shame that it's a cartoon. Well, it's not a shame, but, you know. Well, we we always tend to think live action is where it's at. Animation is child's play. And, mm. and unfortunately, that for a lot of voice actors, they... They are they are treated as second class celebrities. That's sort of changing now. It's a little bit. Um, I I, I, th- I think I think part of the reason why we think strictly voice actors are are second class celebrities is is ever since Disney started casting uh, movie stars mm. in in the things and then in in their animated and then Trek came along. And blew the movie star thing where all of a sudden we're marketing. Well, I, I'm more so Aladdin, but Shrek was really more marketing it as this is Eddie Murphy as a donkey. This yeah. is Cameron Diaz as a, as this. And, uh, where I, I think that we could probably, I, I would rather watch Shrek and not, not necessarily recognize the face of the voice. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the great thing with Kevin Conroy. I'm, I met Kevin Conroy again, probably about, I was actually at the same. I think it was at the same convention that I met uh, Kilmer at, and uh, um, and I didn't know what Kevin Conroy looked like, and uh, and then we, we turn this turn the corner and you just see this guy who sort of looks like Kanicki from Greece at yeah. the time. Yeah, he does. Doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's Batman. And so things like that, which uh, would I, I, and I kind of I kind of like that. I kind of like thinking that's you know that's the voice of. Yeah. That's what the voice of Wonder Woman looks like. That's what the voice of Superman looks like. So I, I sort of, I kind of, I kind of enjoy that, uh, and I, I, I sort of wish that's how it was more so in terms of the large movies, rather than thinking, you know, here is Brad Pitt as you know the, on the road to El Dorado, as this is so and so. Yeah, because yeah, that, that, that's just then Brad Pitt. You're just listening to Brad Pitt. You're not yeah. believing in the character, are you? No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. In some cases, it works. Like I thought, Robin Williams was brilliant as as the genie. Yes, but I think I think we for for most movies, I think you can get away with just having a strict voice actor, but casting on the voice and not necessarily on the marketing. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a whole film thing. It has to do with money and all that kind of stuff. Indeed, indeed. All right, going one more up. What's your number two? Number two. Uh, Kevin Conroy for oh, all the for all the name. same reasons. <laughs> okay. yeah, he's my number two. All right. Okay. Well, you, let, let, let's move to mine. Uh, uh, at number two for me is Michael Keaton. Um, all right. For all the reasons you said, yes, I think he makes a very good eccentric billionaire. Um, I, I like the, um, as you say, the scene in the armory in the first film. I like the, do you want to talk nuts? Let's get nuts, where he's like, you know, <laughs> bridging the gap between Batman and, and Bruce Wayne. Um, 
and and I think he's terrific as Batman. Um, I like the suit as well. Um, it, although now, I mean, you know, you look at a Batman suit now in the, in the new films, and um, the Keaton ones look positively plain, don't they, <laughs> compared to yeah. uh, what you get now? I, I I went to Paris a few years ago. There was a Tim Burton exhibition on in Paris, and uh, they had uh, tons and tons of props and costumes from his films, and they had the 1989 Batman suit there. And I was very surprised just how crude it was. It looked like it was just like carved tire rubber or something like that. Uh, yeah i I haven't seen I haven't seen one in person. Um, but I've seen photos, yeah, and and it all has to do with lighting and yes, yeah, well, definitely, uh, and and they have to they probably have to treat it in some fashion, dust it down, put add things here or there to make it look how it make it look screen ready. Mm, um, yeah. So yeah, I think if you're just having it in a case, it probably looks bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I thought he was terrific. My favorite moment out of uh, either of his films is that moment in Batman Returns when <coughs> uh, Commissioner Gordon orders the, the bat signal to go and, you know, you have this system of mirrors that fires it into the room. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne is just sat in a chair. He's he's just brooding um, yeah. in a chair. And, and that speaks volumes to the persona of what's going on in his head, you know. And I love that moment. And he gets up and he stands up, you know, and you've got the... The, the, the bat signal on the wall. It, yeah, there. right behind him. Yep. Right yeah, I love his, that. His study. Yeah, and I. the other reason, this is very personal, the other reason I really like Michael Keaton as Batman is at that time, um, for both of his films, uh, my hair looked exactly like that. Ah. that. That's exactly the hairline I had, and it's exactly <laughs> the hairstyle I'll had, I had. So um, my hair was Bruce Wayne's, basically. So <laughs> so you were, you were basically... Uh, Edward Nigma in Batman Returns and yeah. trying to instead, instead of replicating Killer, how's my mole? Yeah, 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 uh, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. But I already had the hair. I just needed the rest <laughs> of it. And I tell you what, I mean, there's been talk over the last couple of years, hasn't there, about bring back Michael Keaton as Batman, you know? And you saw Birdman, didn't you? Yeah. How brilliant was he in that? I can totally see him now as the older, you know, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Bruce Wayne Batman. Totally. He he would he would be fantastic if they were if they were able to do that or if they were to do a Batman Beyond mm, story. Yeah. They've been they've been they've been threatening us with a Batman Beyond. Although I don't really want a Batman Beyond personally, but if they give it, I'll take it. You know. Mm, yeah. Um, but uh, but he he would he would be great to to come back as that. Even if they. Even if they were somehow to do a a animated Batman that was styled in the Burton, like if they were mm, somehow yeah. to take that script for that third Batman movie versus the Scarecrow and turn that into an animated film with uh with Michael Keaton as 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 Batman and and replicate the other cast as best as they could, uh, so that we could finally see that yeah, well, yeah. that 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 idea that 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 he had where he wanted to bring in the scarecrow for that third one he, he would be oh I, I it would be amazing i mean he has still this you know air of menace if he wants it. i yeah. mean he was very good in that spider-man film wasn't he where he is the vulture <laughs> yeah. that, that, that scene that everybody talks about in the taxi oh sorry not in the oh, taxi man. in the car you know and yeah that's that's what we need that's what we need i would i would love it i would be i would be first in line hmm 
Well, you never know. And then I would, and then, and, then, and then I would turn around. I'd be, I'd be last in line for the second showing. I'd go right <laughs> in. I get right out and get back in line. Fair enough. All right, moving on to the number one slot. Looking at what you've already put, I, I, I know who you're going to say for your number one. So <laughs> over to you, Tim. Ben Affleck. Um, I. I have been a strong supporter of Affleck since he was announced because I know that fanboys can be can be butthurt. And for some reason, if if someone doesn't fit your idea, everybody wants to – fanboys always want an unknown. Mm-hmm. I think fanboys also want someone that they can relate to, someone they can look at and say, that's me. Mm-hmm. So there, there, I think that had a lot to do with the, the the backlash on Ben Affleck being cast. But as soon as they said his name, I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah." I thought he was. I thought he was a little older for the for the the at the time, but I, I didn't know what their plans were for Bat for Batman. Right. But I think he pits, I think he fits the character perfectly. He's got the build. Certainly is. <laughs> um, I think I think he, I think he's a I think he's a good actor. Uh, his range isn't isn't as wide as as some of the other Batman we've had, um, but and, and I think the character design is fantastic. Um, he looks like he looks like the Batman from Dark Knight. Mm. From the he 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 looks his he looks like the Frank Miller Batman. Well, he, he's and, wide, isn't he? He is yeah. wide. <laughs> you know, I know. Uh, I, I think Frank Miller said he wanted to get Brian Dennehy. To play mm-hmm. uh, the Dark Knight, and you know he's 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 got he's I mean he's built like a castle. Yeah, uh, and I mean you know, he's a, he's a different build than Dennehy. Dennehy is a linebacker for for a football team, uh, but uh, Affleck is I mean he's got he's got the look, he's got the he's got the charm. I think I think he's I think he's a good actor that he can he can pull some of that charm. And he's not as charismatic as Clooney. Um, he's not as dark as Bale, but I think he's, he's, he's a, he's a good middle of the road, uh, functional. Yeah. Batman. Now, I hope he stays with it because there, there's all these rumors that this standalone Batman film coming up, that he may not be in it and they might recast again. And I hope they don't. I, I, I hope he does continue. Yeah. I think he's just frustrated with the quality of the films, I think I honestly I think that's his that's his main frustration, uh, the quality of the films and having to deal with all the BS that goes along yeah. with trying to make these things. Uh, I you know he's 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 no he's no stranger to, to blockbusters, but I think when it comes to something like this, I think I think he's I think he's getting a little frustrated, yeah. uh, and I think that would be the thing that would. That would push him away. I mean, he was he was supposed to direct the Batman, which would have been fantastic. Mm. But if he has if he has a lot of creative control over the script be. and certain aspects of this this Batman movie that they've been talking about, uh, I would be all about it. My my favorite my my absolute favorite uh, sequence with him is in my least favorite of the DC movies, The Suicide Squad, right. when he when he goes and arrests Will Smith's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, those those scenes in Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, he is fantastic in those, and, and like when you see those, you can see you can see where they can go with him. Yeah. Uh, he unfortunately d- didn't get that, didn't get as much of that in the two other movies that we saw, mm-hmm. which is a shame because he's a he's he's he really is a weapon that that they could have used more of. 
had they just done it better. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think some of the frustration might also be the fact that he he is a comic book fan, isn't he? So he, I, I think he I has think an idea that. where it's meant to be going. I, I think I think I think he's he's like well Batman wouldn't do this or Batman yeah. would do this and we're and why why can't we do this and it's like, a, why would you know why why would why would this happen yeah so he's probably in the set he's probably constantly yeah questioning it, motivation it, it smacks of Mark Hamill with what they've been doing with Luke Skywalker you know he's yeah. like um I don't know if this is right sort of thing <laughs> you know yeah yeah there's a I think there's a little bit of that so I do hope he comes back at least one more movie. Recast it after that. I'm fine. Just give us, give us one, give us Affleck in all his glory. Yeah. So all of those people five years ago that were so upset can finally just shut up. Yeah. Although I think, I think, I think he has shut most of them up. I haven't heard. I actually haven't heard much backlash of on his uh, on his work. Mm-hmm. Even even after Batman versus Superman came out and people were trashing the movie, they generally were giving no, him. No, no, they left him alone, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Um, which is fair enough. That's how it should be. Yeah. But I, 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 he is for me right now. He and Henry Cavill are the two bright spots in what what's happening with the DC. What about old Gail? Who's it? Gail Godot. Oh, oh, her too. Yes, I love. I, I, <laughs> she's. I forgot it. I forgot it. How could I forget about her? How could no, you? No, she's a. She's yeah. She that that Wonder Woman movie. Was just jaw dropping. Yes, it was yes. so so good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and she and and her and Batman and versus Superman that 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 interaction with her mm. that uh, when she is at the party is just like ah. Oh, They've got it. that chemistry uh, again. Yeah. That that they they did this in the uh, in the cartoon fifteen twenty years ago. Um, yeah. All right. Well, my number one. I mean, if anybody listened to last week's episode, you know my number one. And if you've been paying attention, you know what my number one's going to be and it's going to be Adam West yeah. okay and and that is solely uh, an emotional choice because as I said last week that was the first film I ever saw in the cinema when I was four years old I was four when the TV series came out which is the perfect age to watch that because the genius of that show was they made it on one level for the children didn't they and on a totally different level for the adults yeah and I get that now but back then that was the comics that I was reading up there on the screen, you know. Now, let, let me ask you this. Did you have a color television no. at that time? See, even if I did have a color te- television, which we didn't, this came out in 66. In the yeah. UK here, uh, they didn't have color TV until 69. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and many people have said that is the appeal of this show in that, when you think about the TV show, it is, it is, it's the kaleidoscope of colours, isn't it? It's, it's proper mid-60s psychedelia, mm-hmm. you know, everything is so colourful. But the TV show in Britain was as much of a hit as it was in the US, and everybody was seeing it in black and white, apart from this film, you know, and I think no. that's why the film was so massive in the UK as well. Same as when they did the Peter Cushing uh, Doctor Who films. Um, you know, you, you had never seen Doctor Who in colour, so, yeah, I mean, that had a massive impact. And I love it. I, I love everything about the TV show. I, lo- I, you know, I love the fact that it's a, you know, a, t- a two-tier show that you can watch it in two different ways. I, lo- I love the colours of it. I love the humour of it. What you were saying earlier, the genius of this show is bringing on Adam West 
to do it because he plays it absolutely dead straight doesn't he in mm-hmm. in even the most ridiculous situations <laughs> he's acting like he's in some sort of you know shakespearean play you know <laughs> yeah he sells it he's 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 so he's so great in that in that in in that role and and in rightfully so uh, that 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 is what he's going to be remembered for and uh although i i know like he kind of was cursing that in the 70s yeah. and 80s when he, he he couldn't get he couldn't get a job but uh but i, I think i think he he came to terms with it as he as he got a little bit older yeah even before that though i mean he made a brilliant b movie science fiction b movie only like a year or two before batman uh called robinson crusoe on mars and you watch that now and you can't watch it without thinking that's bruce wayne because he's like you said about oh leslie nielsen if you watch leslie nielsen in forbidden planet that's frank drebin because he's playing it dead straight isn't he yeah yes (laughs) i remember i remember seeing i remember seeing forbidden planet on an imax a 70 millimeter projection of forbidden planet on an imax screen in washington dc at the at the uh, smithsonian Museum mm-hmm. at the uh, Air and Space Museum. They were showing Forbidden Planet. <laughs> that's the only time I've ever seen it. Actually, was in that seventy. Well, that's the way projection. to see it. Bloody yeah! Hell, that's it was. The way to it see was it. something else. This is this is go back almost twenty years ago when I lived in D.C. and it was like, oh my god, look at that. Mm. <laughs> that's but yeah, uh, yeah. Adam West, Adam West, all the way, all the way. I'm Adam so West. envious that you, you that you met him. You know, I am yep. so envious. <laughs> I, I, I think I would have crumpled. I think my knees would have gone because back then, when you're little and and you're watching it and you're believing it, you know that is Batman and that is like almost like a father figure to you mm-hmm. that's oh, that's how i want to be when i grow up you know so all those years later to actually meet the guy i think yeah i think I, my knees would have gone and i've been on the floor you know they'd have the, got a paramedic the uh um when it comes to the old batman stuff uh, as i met i met those the only one that i haven't gotten of the the main cast that uh are that are still around is julie newmar but she's still uh, around though, and she's very sprightly, she, isn't she? She, but she hasn't. She hasn't really done many conventions more. She used to be. She used to be one of those ones that was at every convention every time. I would like turn around. Oh, and right. There's Julie Newmar. Oh, there's Julie Newmar. There she's here again. And but I haven't seen her at a convention in years. I have. I have Lee Merriweather. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have. I, I did get Batgirl. Uh. Von Craig. What about Burgess Meredith? Did you get him? <gasps> I, you know, the here, I I got him through the mail uh-huh. years ago, and I no longer have it. I don't know where it went. Oh, it no. disappeared. I got it in the mail. It was either the day before or the day he died is when I received it in the mail. Good Lord. <laughs> I killed I killed two actors that way. Uh, Burgess Meredith was one. Right. Who Robert else? Robert Stack was the other one. God, don't write to any more people, Tim. <laughs> I got I got Robert Stack, and then it was like within a couple days, Robert Stack dead. I'm like, oh my gosh. Don't send me a birthday card. All right? <laughs> yeah, Please <yeah>. don't. <laughs> so yeah, the, those are those are the two those are the two actors I can think of that I killed via Batman. Right. right. All right. So that's us. We've got our views on all the bat actors. What are your views though on the Christopher Nolan films though? I love, I love, love, love the first two. Um, 
I remember seeing the first one when it came out in 2005 and just being completely floored with it. I just thought it was, I thought it was just one of the best movies ever made. And I, and I still think it holds up. Um, and then the second one came out and it, that, that was, it was a game changer. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh wow. Well, it's like, you know, you, you just, you just, the first time you see it, you're just completely glued to your seat and then the third one came out, and while the third one is good, it's just there, there, there's, there's just there's things in it that I think are fantastic, and there's things that I'm like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about the three. That's like the first one's great, second one is really awesome, third one has some, has some great stuff. It's still it's still an entertaining movie, uh, but it's it's it. Does it, it doesn't grab you the same way that the first two do. Mm. I, th- I, th- I think his trilogy that he did here, um, it's the same with all his films. I mean, I, I enjoy them and I admire them. I mean, they're always beautifully made and, you know, the editing and the photography, you know, mm-hmm. the lighting and everything, you know, they're, they're, they're fascinating and, and wonderful. And he is a true craftsman. But the problem I have with his films, apart from Memento, I think Memento is the only one that's not, is... I, I think very often they're, they're just far too long um, and needlessly complicated. There's just too much going on in each one. He's Michael Bay in a different way. Uh, That's a good way of putting it. There's he, he's he's if if Michael Bay <laughs> if Michael Bay was a true artist. Uh, if <laughs> yeah, this is Michael Bay's a fantastic producer, but he is no artist. Uh, if but if, if Michael Bay was what was a was a true Artur, he would probably be more like um, uh, uh, more like Nolan. Uh, but yeah, even even watching uh, this the scene that we're going to be talking about the sequence uh, from when Batman gets the the uh, the bomb mm. and it explodes, there is so much filler in there. Yeah, uh, it's only fo- it's only like five minutes. But they could easily have cut cut a good ninety seconds out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so much crammed into them, isn't there? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the second and the third films. I mean, you could easily make each a two parter. I mean, in the second one, you could have had the Joker story. You could have another film with Two Face. You know, and here, yeah. you know, in this film, you know, you you could have had the whole um, his back breaking and coming back. That could have been one film, and the whole blowing of the bridges and Gotham being isolated that could be in another film but because yeah. everything is like rushed to get it all in, in in a reasonable running time I mean in this just prior to this sequence we're just about to talk about you know the whole isolation of Gotham that's meant to take place over what like six months or something like that but it's it's dismissed in about five minutes because they've got yeah, to get there's... The, they've got to move it on yeah, there there should have been someone that comes that come on screen. And go, Meanwhile, six months later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you get no feeling that any period of time has moved. You know, the only the only thing that the only thing that gives you a sense of a time change is the weather. You kind of if you pay attention yeah. to the weather, you realize, oh, okay, oh, yeah. this, this is, is this later. is happening. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. That was like summertime. Or uh, or spring, and now all of a sudden everything is frozen. It's like okay, yeah. that's that's the passage of time. Yeah. And the other thing about the DC films is, um, and again, I think this is just my you know growing up with the you know the sixties and seventies uh, comics is, um, 
I'm, I'm not a big fan of superhero films being grounded so literally into the real world. I like them to be escapism, you know, and when you go in and you watch a film, a superhero film, this is why I like the Marvel ones, is you can forget about how crappy the world can be outside mm. for like two hours. But when you're grounded this much into reality, it's all a bit icky and a bit grim, isn't it? And gritty. Well, I think for the Batman movies, I think for this particular series, it worked really well mm. for me, in my opinion. I, I think that, uh, most of the time I do want to see a fanciful depiction of the, of whatever that reality is in yes. that, in the, in those movies, most of the time. But in this one, I kind of liked that I could recognize like the first one, the first one was a little different. That first one was a little more stylized in, in a lot of ways where Gotham could have been anywhere. Gotham could have been Detroit, but in the second one, you can say that's obviously Chicago. Mm. Uh, and then the third one, yeah, even though they did a really good job of chain, you don't, you don't notice it so much, but they did a really good job of changing the landscape of Pittsburgh, where even even when you look at the landscape of it, you can't recognize it as being Pittsburgh. Mm. Um, but uh, since since you're in the UK, you probably wouldn't recognize no. Pittsburgh, <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh sky. So for for and actually Pittsburgh has a, as with the with the, with a few exceptions has a very nondescript skyline. So I think that may have been partly why they used it because it was a little nondescript, right? It, it Pittsburgh it, in in a lot of ways like Detroit is is a little run down everything is a little rusty um, so I think I think that's why they chose it whereas in the second one Chicago was like bright and gleaming it was yes, almost it was. like you you saw you saw this you saw this uh, when Harvey Dent went down the rest of the city went down with it and so you you see this gleaming city in part two and then all of a sudden the same city very shortly after is starting to starting to get rust around the edges yeah 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 i like that I, I i don't mind it because you know i mean you know when you're talking about the tim burton ones you know gotham is gothic isn't it you know that's yeah. unmistakably not they haven't filmed that on location um and but here yes it, it it's pittsburgh and again that's going back to the very early days of the comic because Back then, there was no Gotham City. Um, mm. you, you know, it was just the generic American city, wasn't it? In the very, very yeah. early days of Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Those those early days, Batman, Superman. Um, I think Superman was initially based on Cleveland. Oh, was uh, it? Because that's Superman. Metropolis was originally Cleveland because that's where the two creators were from. So these were two little kids right. uh, gotcha. that were like. They were like, oh, well, this is our city. Okay, yeah, well, we'll use this. <laughs> All right. All right, well, let's get into it. We've been talking for about an hour, so let's actually nah. talk, start talking about the sequence. Let's go <laughs> ahead and uh, have the clip, shall we? What are you doing? I can get it out over the bay. Set it to fly out over the water with eject? No autopilot. You could have gone anywhere, been anything. But you came back here. So did you. I guess we're both suckers.
Well, we start with the countdown has begun and the bomb in the truck is ticking away. And uh, Talia and her cronies have a convoy of three tumblers running protection alongside the truck. Before we actually get into this, I mean, I know we've been waffling, but uh, before we get into it, when you watched this for the first time, did you know that that was Talia? No. Um, yeah, that 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 came out of that came out of the blue, uh, and I, I didn't I didn't see it coming. But as I watched it in, in subsequent videos, I'm like. Man, how did you not know that? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. <laughs> I think the reason I, I didn't spot it as well is, again, when you're reading comics for so long, you have your own mental image of how these people look. And Talia, yeah. in the comics, didn't look quite like this. She was quite statuesque, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. She was almost like a um, uh, an Amazon, if you like. She was like the daughter of Raj al Ghul. And um, so I never, I never got that first screening that that was Talia at all. That came yeah. as a big shock that... Um, Bane wasn't the main bad guy in the whole film, you know. But that's Christopher Nolan for you. That's what he likes <laughs> to do with you. He likes to, you know, lead you down one path and you realise you're not on the same path that you should be, you know. I, like, I yeah. do like that, yeah. All right, well, now we got the, we've got Catwoman. Or uh, have you ever seen she's not actually called that in the film? They never call her Catwoman. They no, call her the she's... cat, don't they? Something, yeah. So they're, they're, are they, or they're, or you're, you're like a cat, or you're she's yeah. a cat burglar. Yeah. So yeah. And the reason for that is, you know, when she appeared in the comics, that's what she was called. She wasn't called Catwoman. She was called the Cat. And um, you know, in her very first appearances, she was just a lady in an evening dress with a uh, a furry cat mask. She was <laughs> yeah. a cat burglar who who you know dressed for an evening's you know dancing <laughs> with a furry cat mask. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you remember? Yes. Yeah, yeah but she, for all seasons. Yeah, so she she's on the bat bike or bat pod or whatever they call it, and uh, Batman is in the bat, which is the bat plane basically. I, what, just yeah. call it a bat plane. We know it flies. <laughs> yeah. You know, call it the bat wing. Or call it a bat plane, but uh, he's in the bat and they're they're in pursuit and there's ten minutes to go, and I love this sequence in that pretty much everything that you see on the screen there it's all real, isn't it? It's really happening. They that that's one of the great things about Nolan is he uses CGI sparingly, and so you you really do buy that everything that's happening is happening. Yeah, 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 and and I think. It comes across on screen. I mean, when, when something crashes, it really did crash. It's not some CGI bit of tosh, is it? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, the vehicles are real. The pyrotechnics are real. And there's very little um, in the way of CGI in this sequence. I'll discuss them as we go along. But, yeah, he's old school filmmaking, isn't he? He, he loves. Yeah. And, and even now, you know, he loves to film on film. I mean, Dunkirk, he filmed on film. None of this uh, digital cameras and stuff. Um, actually, just a little digression. Um, when Matt and Christie came over a few years ago uh, to stay on holiday in England, and uh, I took them, uh, we met up each day in Leicester Square, in, in the pub in Leicester Square, and mm-hmm. I'd arranged, because um, as you know, Matt used to be a projectionist, and so did I. So I arranged to go next door, because right next door is the Odeon Leicester Square. And oh. I arranged to go up to the projection box. And so we went up there. We went up to the projection box. And I was talking to the... It's one of the few places that's still got a dedicated projection team. Um, and uh, I, I was saying to the guy, how's it going? And he's like, all right. He said, it's a bit of a rush at the moment because we've got the uh, premiere of Inception coming up soon. Oh. 
and uh, Christopher Nolan has uh, insisted that the film has got to be shown on film and not digital and 70 millimeter it's got to be shown in 70 millimeter and we're struggling we've got the projector out of mothballs but they were trying to like get the sound rack and everything and the sound head sorted out and they were like calling around museums and places because it had all been junked <laughs> yeah and that was the problem they were really struggling to get that and also not only did he insist on the premiere being 70 millimeter but the entire run that that film was going to play at the Odeon Leicester Square it had to be shown in 70 millimeter and I love him for it I love <laughs> any director yeah. that wants to hold on to old school filmmaking there uh, they they did that with um over here they did that with Hateful Eight uh, well Tarantino's another one isn't he he's yeah, exactly the same there was a there was a map of theaters you could go to to see it on film and full seventy, and they did that with certain screenings of, um, uh, The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to go see a seventy millimeter dome, wow, screening of Force Awakens at, at one at one of the because there's there's a there's a dome theater that can project seventy millimeter film. About a hundred and uh, about one hundred and twenty miles from where I live, mm -hmm. so that's about that's about one hundred and sixty kilometers, one hundred fifty kilometers. Right. So, yeah, wow. I was fortunate enough to see that. So I, I I'm I'm one of those people that will that will drive distances to experience right. something if I can uh, on those unique uh, unique now projection because it uh, is an experience, isn't it? It's totally yeah. different, totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so. Um, uh, the first tumbler is taken out by Catwoman with her bike cannons, um, which I'm guessing are pretty good cannons for, you know, taking out an <laughs> armor. Take yeah, take out a tank, basically a tank. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking out a tank. Yeah, and there is CGI here um, when that uh, the bike does that impossible 180-degree thing turn. Yeah. That's all CGI. And but it's believable. There's there's something about it that you're like, whoa. Yeah. It's 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 a little believable. It's not one of these terrible effects where it's kind of like floating over the image and you don't buy yeah. it for one second. Yeah. That there's speed to it, isn't there? A mass. You believe mm -hmm. it's happening. Yeah. Um, and there's much destruction as a tumbler fires missiles at the bat, and uh, Batman takes it up high to try and lose them. And now that's obviously all miniature work. But uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of flawless, you know. You've got no matte lines or anything, you know. You, um, it, 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 it follows on from what we've been seeing with the live action. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Catwoman gets rid of the second tumbler, and Batman maneuvers the bat so that the missiles following it destroyed the third tumbler. So that's all the tumblers out of the way, and. Then he opens fire on the truck. Batman in his bat opens fire. And I've been saying about, you know, I grew up on comics. And I, I still find it jarring to see Batman using weapons. Because that was a thing in the comics, wasn't it? Batman didn't kill. He didn't have a gun. And, you know, he was very limited. He had bat weapons rather than whacking yeah. big missiles and stuff like that. <laughs> you know? But again, it's uh, if, we're based, if we're based in reality, yeah, of course. He, he's not necessarily... I don't think... When he uses those, he's not necessarily trying to kill. Mm. He's just trying to disable. Uh, disable. I mean, even yeah. I mean, we see in we see in uh, uh, the the, the the Tim Burton Batman. Although when he's driving flying the Batwing and he literally 
puts his aim on the Joker's head. Yeah, and then it's he like, machine guns all up the road towards him, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, his, his intent was to kill the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in this one, I don't think his intent was to kill anybody. I think it was it was to disable. Uh, I just I don't think Adam West Adam West would have done all this. <laughs> no, he would have he would have done the bat tootsie. He would he would have he would have been flying along like last week on on a, on his bat ladder from the bat helicopter yeah. trying to land yep. on top of it. That's what he would have done. Yeah. Anyway, the truck loses control and it crashes down into that underpass thing, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about in a minute in the uh, behind the scenes. I haven't mentioned, but uh, Commissioner Gordon he's he's in the back of the truck through all this yeah. and yeah, how does he survive all i that? don't know I mean, I mean i mean we keep cutting to him and he's like shaking around but uh, yeah he comes out without a blemish or a bit of bleeding yeah and and the and the, i don't think the bomb is the bomb strapped in there i can't remember i think I remember when they pull it out. holding it in place or okay. something isn't there i was yeah. gonna say because he batman gets the bomb out of there pretty easily he does <laughs> no he's got his bat side cutters or something yeah, yeah. Okay. but uh, he finds out that uh, getting the bomb back to the reactor isn't going to happen because talia has flooded it we cut across to old morgan fleeman fleeman yeah well he is fleeman he's fr- he's fleeing <laughs> um from all the flooding water and just before she dies, she says, there's no way the bomb can be stopped. And uh, at this time, Catwoman's now come along and Batman's there. And he says he can fly it out over the bay, but he can't eject as there's no autopilot. Now, this has been mentioned a couple of times already in this film, yeah. hasn't it? So, you know, if, if you're a moviegoer, you're key to actually this is a plot point because they keep mentioning this, you know. <laughs> autopilot? No. Yeah. <laughs> autopilot. And just as he goes to leave, you know, that I do like this nice revelation to Gordon, you know, that who he is. But it's that voice. It's the way he says it. Wouldn't it have been better if just for one minute Batman drops the, the stupid voice and talked to Commissioner Gordon as Bruce Wayne? Yeah, it, it, it would have that particular moment. I, I, I do agree that would have if he had if he had humanized it mm. because it was it was such while it was only like three sentences it was such a it, it, I, I would think it would be a, it would be a complicated line to get out it was it was a very wordy da boy and putting a jacket mm. on a boy <laughs> to make him feel it's like okay two hours later and then the world is not so it's like it's if, if he had if he had humanized it Mm. Uh, I think uh, I think that it probably would have played better. You know, I always liked. You've reminded me of it. What I always liked in the comics, and that's what I like so much in the Justice League, is when you have Batman with his cowl back. So you know, you've got Batman, but with Bruce Wayne's head on the top. That I love the yeah. fact that Ben Affleck did that in there. You know, and here again, it, he didn't have to take the cowl off, but just to talk as Bruce Wayne to say that to Gordon. I think I think that would have as you say it would have humanized it. Yeah, he this is their last moment together supposedly yes. and at least well, pull the facade back just a tiny bit. You don't you don't need to do the voice, especially for that that long I mean I well it, it only takes like 10 seconds to say it feels very wordy. It's just mm. like just just pull it back and say, you know, for a man who gave his jacket to a boy do you think it feels wordy because he's doing this growly voice? It's taken him bloody ages then, to get it all out. Yeah, you know? He has to breathe in every three weeks. <laughs> and a boy. <gasps> <gasps> so, yeah, uh, there's, there's, there, there's, there's, all, 
yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to that that uh, that that could have been changed. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, he manages to drag the bomb out of the truck, and and slowly up and up it goes. And and I think this is the one time we get like the spirit of the Christopher Reeve Superman films because you know you've got the kids on the bus, and mm-hmm. he obviously blasts a building to get it out of the way, and um and they go, oh, this is it, thinking the bomb's going yeah. off. This is it, Dad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and some kid goes, uh, no, that's Batman you know, all, all exhilarated. And that yeah. is, that's the spirit of the Reeve Supermans, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's, yeah, there's, you get that, there's that instant, you, well, you get that instant childlike lift, that instant childlike yeah. hope. It's like the kids realize this isn't the end. They're who, Oh, it's Batman. And he's protecting us, which is yeah. how it should be all the way through. You know, um, he flies out to sea as the choral music starts Mm-hmm. And uh, the bomb goes off while everyone is is looking at it. Wouldn't they be blind? They that they're, they're looking directly yeah. out there when that goes off. I know they then cover their eyes with their uh, arms, but uh, <laughs> you've looked at it, mate. You know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm told not to look at a nuclear blast. I've never been in the vicinity of one, so I can't say from experience how bright they are. But I would assume. I would assume it's And he's it's not that bright. far out. I mean, you're near enough that you still need to duck and cover, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And and um uh, yeah, and he only had he only had like 90 seconds by the time he got past the building that he blew up. Yeah, and that's not far. It it no. can't it can't be a nuclear bomb because the other thing that I was thinking is yeah, you know, we learn in a minute or two that he did he did eject. But that means he's in the drink somewhere there, isn't he? Um now if that yeah. was a nuclear bomb, what about the radiation then? Yeah, there should be a half life of uh, pretty yeah. much everything. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff it going can't on be there. Nu- it can't be nuclear. It's just a whacking great big bomb. Otherwise, you know, yeah, yeah, that would be. <laughs> well, they said it was an atom bomb, so there there probably would be there probably would be some sort of radiation. Yeah, uh, it may not be nuclear, but it's probably an atom bomb. I don't. It's probably, it's probably a small atom bomb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Because it seems like he probably only got about five miles out. They they call it a bay. So yeah, he probably only got a few miles out, like five miles. See, that's not in far, that, in is that it? time frame. Even even if you're even if you're going, let's say let's say let's say the airspeed of this bat of the bat thing is let's say it's a, at maximum 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So in in he had 90 seconds, mm. uh, he could probably only get about maybe. Three, four miles out. Exactly, and then that's a nuclear bomb. That would have boiled the water that he was in. Never mind the radiation. You know? Yeah, there, there would, there would be, there would be a large wave that would come. There would be a tsunami of radiated water. Unless, uh, yeah. So there, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of. Uh, you have to suspension of disbelief. Yeah, well, it's a comic yes. book. It is a comic yeah. book, isn't it? You know, and. And and depending on when he jumped out, uh, he would have been in that in that water when it surges. Yes. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that that don't make it like how a lot of a lot and of how, how. And and and, 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 and actually, I, I kind of like that they don't fully explain it. They just say there is autopilot later on. Yeah. 
Because, it, yeah, I mean, it's a comic book thing. You're not meant to think these things. But the thing is, even if he survived the tsunami of radioactive water, he's then got to swim to shore in his bat suit and then get <laughs> home in his bat suit, hasn't he? Maybe the bat suit is a floaty and maybe he's like wearing like <laughs> a tank top and, and, it could uh, be. and yeah. jams underneath it. Yeah, yeah. Know. He planned ahead, this guy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's our sequence over. And that's pretty much the film over. Um, and um, as I say, I, I admire the Nolan Batman films, but I don't like the way he ended the trilogy. I mean, I, don't you think it's a bit arrogant to say, look, right, I'm done with this character. I've retired him. Everyone thinks he's dead. I've blown up his home and I've left it unresolved how to continue with a different person. Bye. You know, <laughs> you know he's and then, a- but then but then he goes and he's he helps produce Man of Steel and. Yeah. I don't I don't know what his involvement on um, Batman versus Superman was, but I know he he helped produce mm. Man of Steel. Um, yeah, I I, I mean I, I I like the idea that that this was an end that this was an ending point that Warner Brothers sh- couldn't say we're going to continue with that Batman mm. and continue his story. So I I, I liked that I liked that it had an end. I didn't necessarily like the ending. Um, I, I, d- I didn't like how things ended with Alfred. I didn't like. No. There's a there's there's a lot of things I didn't like about it that 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 I don't think would speak for the character itself. I don't think uh, I don't think that I, I honestly I just don't see Bruce Wayne abandoning no uh, Gotham City Alfred. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or Gotham. Yeah, yeah. No. don't don't abandon Gotham. Don't no. abandon. No, I didn't like the way it ended, and that's what I like about you know when they started again with uh, Batman versus Superman. This was all ignored. Um, yeah. I mean, when they changed to you know Val Kilmer, they, I think there were nods to the Keaton ones. You're supposed to believe that this is the same person in the same world that was created in the first two, and a, to a degree more with Batman and Robin. But but with Batman versus Superman. Everything that's happened in in the Nolan trilogy uh, was ignored. I, I can't think of one instance where there was a reference, apart from the ruined Wayne Manor. That was the only thing. But you could say that would have yeah. been something that was happened in the last twenty years. That could have been the yeah. Joker blowing it up or something, you know. So yeah, I think um, yeah, I think I, th- I think that this that having this separate is fine. Having like the, you know this Batman story. Yeah, and you choose to one. yeah to to focus on the one that you want to. No, that's fair enough. All right, behind the scenes, okay. Um, Christopher Nolan said that they had to have a spectacular ending to his trilogy, and they decided to go for the two greats for film finals uh, or finales, um, you know, the ticking bomb and a car chase. So they decided to um, combine the two. And uh, we've been talking about Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was filmed at Pittsburgh, and this whole chase was rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed to the nth degree on a runway outside Pittsburgh. They had the truck, they had the tumblers, they had the uh, bat pod, the bat bike there, you know. (laughs) And for the actual filming of it, they closed off whole blocks of Pittsburgh, okay. I don't know how much money that costs to do that and how, (laughs) how much disruption that makes, even if it was like on a Sunday, you know, uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh is a is a is a semi-major city, but it's uh, it's no it's it's no New York City or it's no no Chicago. It's a it's a smaller. Right. It's 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 one of it's one of those cities 
when you hear about like decline of certain aspects of, of American urban life, there are certain cities that are losing their population. And that's one of them. And then there's then that's one of them where the people right. are moving away from it because of the economy and that and that right. sort of stuff. Right. Well, it, this whole sequence, it was even though it's set in winter and you've got snow everywhere, that's fake snow because it was actually done in 95 degree heat. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Because <laughs> it was all meant to be winter. And during the chase, every time you see the truck and the tumblers, they're all there. The bat was really there as well. It was mounted on a gimbal that was on the back of a truck. Yeah, I I kind of figured that they would have been holding it with some sort of crane or something because mm. there were there were times where you would see it and you could tell it was actually there, but you but you, you know you couldn't you couldn't see the whole thing, so you know yeah. there was something holding onto it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it was there. Um, there was a truck with this bloody great arm coming out the back of it with the bat on the top, and yeah, they used yeah. CGI to remove the truck, but then they also used CGI to add the rotor blades and also to flurry the snow as it was going along. That was all CGI as well, mm. okay? And production designer Nathan Crowley, he designed the bat so it looked like it would fit into the same family as the tumbler and the bat bike there, okay? And he incorporated designs from military aircraft, including the, yeah. uh, the Harrier jump jet and the Apache helicopter, okay? To me, those both the tumbler and the, the jet... I, 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 the, the, the designs are functional, but to me, they, they just look like crickled up aluminum cans. They do, yeah. I mean, it's it's all plating, isn't it? It's all yeah, it's, uh, overlapping it's hard plating. To, it's hard to really look at it and and gauge what it is. It, to, to me, yeah, it looks like someone stepped on an aluminum can and said, okay, this is the bat. Yeah. This I, is the tumbler. I, I, I went to a, a show once, and they had the tumbler there. And they also had the 89 Batmobile there. And to me, there's no comparison. You know, I know which I prefer from an aesthetic point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I say, the other CGI was used to uh, replicate Catwoman on, on the Batbike when it did that 180 degree thing. But also any uh, part where Catwoman was on the bike when the tumbler was exploding, just for safety's sake, they used uh, a CGI Catwoman on her bike. Mm. Okay. And what I like about this, I mean, yeah, Nolan, he's, he's brilliant at everything, keeping everything real and using the practical. That fall down into the underpass uh, by the truck, uh, that was all real. That was a real underpass. Um, all they did was remove the, uh, the the real barrier there, and they dropped the real truck down onto it. And the reason, the way they did that safely and to get it through that gap, because there's not much clearance either side when it yeah. goes through, it's, it's actually on like a rail track. They actually built a rail track that the truck went along. But, no, that all happened for it, real. It was a bit like in um, in Terminator 2 when that truck comes off the bridge. I was trying to – I was as you were talking, I was trying to think, Terminator 2, didn't they do that? Well, yeah, they did. They did. But this is this is a bit more. Not only have you got the cabin, you've got all the rest of it. And it, yeah. <laughs> and, it had, and that was a real underpass. It wasn't like a storm drain like in Terminator 2 where, oh, we've chipped it a bit. doesn't matter. I mean, the next day, I, presumably, you know, uh, you had cars traveling along it again. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's it. That's all I've got on behind the scenes. Um, so, as is usual, we go on to a rating. So, what do you think of this one, Tim? Uh, and and what, what's the number scale? I always forget. It's, it's a 1 being the worst thing you've ever seen and a 10 being the best thing that you've ever seen. 
Um, this is one of those ones where the movie, everything is believable uh, with within reason. There's 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 certain things, but the, in terms of the effects, the, I, I got to give it. It, there probably were things with that that they could probably tweak up, but I'm, I got to put it like an eight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it pretty high because it's everything is believable. You you there's there's never a moment, or to say there's there's a very there's very rare moments when you believe that that's not real. Like most of the time you're, with the exception of like the the atomic bomb, which you which you know is going to be a, a CGI. They're not going to actually detonate a real bomb. Uh, but it's still believable in that it looks like that could be a bomb about four miles out, a small bomb, mm. uh, four miles out. Um, so yeah, every, everything is believable. There, there probably is what, there probably are ways to, uh, to improve it. But I would say, I would say it's, it's, it, they did a really good job with the effects in this mm. mixing CGI models and practical. Uh, so I, I, I got to give it uh, an eight. Well, I'm dittoing you in that. Um, I, I would like to have given it more, but I think the problem we're, we're in now with films, and, and Christopher Nolan films as well, is if this had been the only action sequence like this in his trilogy, it would have been jaw-dropping. But we've had so many set pieces all the way through the three Nolan Batman yeah. films. It's it's kind of like almost standard now. I mean, it's, it's like the way we've gone now with the Bond films and the Mission Impossibles. You take any one sequence out of these these latest ones and go back twenty years and put that in, and everybody would be up and cheering, you know. But yeah. technology has got so advanced now that I think we're in danger of reaching a mm, so what sort of thing because you, you're just overdosed on it now. Yeah, hmm. we. I think. I think. <clears throat> I think for younger people who didn't grow up with with as who are i should say yeah who, who didn't grow up with with this change in special effects like kids who are we'll say 15 um they've always had mm. cgi it's like to to them jurassic park is citizen is like <laughs> that might as well be like strangers on a train yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Might as well. uh so the thing things like that so they they've always had the cgis they've always had that stuff and, and over the past 10 years or so cgi is and these effects have gotten so believable. Um, so yeah, I think I think we are getting to a point where where people aren't as wowed. I mean, for, for the past eleven years, we've believably been seeing Transformers punching each other, mm. uh, and you and you never think to yourself, those aren't two real robots. So mm. we, when we get to that point. Where do you go? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what what have you got to do next? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's 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 kind of what I like about Nolan is he does pull it back. It, he doesn't. It not everything needs to have. Uh, not everything needs to be a gigantic uh, computer generated set piece. Hmm. He can. He he does pull it back to show you that it, the physics and realities that you can do. Hmm. Using props and miniatures, and and that's and that's what I love about him. That's what I loved about all all three of the movies is more so the the, the second one. Like uh, there there was a lot of there was a lot of fantastic uh, set pieces in that that were um, uh, practical combination of practical CGI, which I which I which mm. I really like. Mm. 
Mm. And that's the way it should go. I mean, you know, the, the two should yeah. go hand in hand. It's like um, Fury Road as well, isn't it? You know, mm. you, 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 if you combine the two, they all, uh, help each other and augment each other, don't they? Yeah. That, that's the way it use should it, go. Use it for enhancement. Don't don't go. use it as your crutch. There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that's that. That's what I like. Uh, um, you know, if if we're if it's if it's just going to be, you know, was that what was that what was that movie? Um, Sky Commander and the End of the World, the the the, the blimp, the blimp action movie. Uh, the 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 Jude Law one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was just showing like, off. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was like, look what we can do. It's like, yeah. well, well, where's the story? Yeah, oh, where are the characters? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we didn't have time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, that's us done, Tim. Thank you for today. All right. Thank you for having me on. All right. Next time we're on, let's let let's move away from comic book caped vigilantes. Okay. Okay. Right. We'll uh, we'll we'll figure something out. Maybe we can do Sky Commander. Who knows? Oh, we'll, there you uh, go. We'll, we'll think something. All right. I'll have a think about it. All right. All right. Thanks, then, Tim, and thanks anybody out there, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>